They say that experience is the best teacher, and the best way to learn from experience is to learn from others who have already found success. For this season of the Guy Who Knows a Guy podcast, Michael has lined up a great group of successful people who will share their stories of how they got started and some powerful lessons from their accomplishments. He'll also be introducing you to people who are just starting on their entrepreneurship journey to share what they've learned so far. Success is not just about money, and we'll meet some people who have been successful in very unique ways. Entrepreneurship is an exciting journey, and we're glad to be along for the ride with you. Here's your host, the guy who knows a guy, Michael Whitehouse. Hello, and welcome to the Guy Who Knows a Guy podcast. I'm your host, Michael Whitehouse, and our guest today is Steve Brossman. So Steve is a former national professional track champion and nine times Amazon bestselling author. He has 20 years TV and video experience, including hosting his own TV show on Channel 9 and has been an executive producer for Warner Brothers. In 2012, Steve was named internationally number one video marketing influencer of the year. He has created several six- and seven-figure multinational businesses of his own, including inventing and marketing an environmental product selling 4 million units into 26 countries. Steve has spoken in 15 countries and trained over 65,000 entrepreneurs, professionals, and business owners to stand out in their market. Last year, he was selected and published with 40 of the world's most innovative marketers and spent a week on Necker Island with Sir Richard Branson. Steve's latest back pocket guide is Self-Selling Secrets, and it is helping businesses and professionals attract high-quality clients and have them ask to buy. So I am very excited to have you on the show, Steve. Steve, how are you doing? Hey there, Michael. Mate, I am absolutely pumped for this chat. I'm uh, really looking forward to it, buddy. Fantastic. Exciting to have you on here. So you're actually the second person I've interviewed in Australia, but you're the first one who sounds like you're from Australia. <laughs> we, we had Ken Krell, but he's originally from New York. So. Oh, good old Kenny. No, um, uh, I'm a seven generation. I think we came out in one of the last wooden sailboats in uh, oh, wow. 1800 and something. So uh, fair dinkum Aussie, mate. <laughs> wow. I don't know what that means, but it sounds cool. <laughs> For so, sure. So, so were your ancestors like criminals who were kicked out of England and sent to Australia? Uh, no, they weren't, actually. Uh, one side of the family comes fairly directly from Britain, um, not that long ago, about okay. three generations ago. But my dad's side, uh, via Europe and a boat somewhere, and they ended up here. Oh, there you are. He's got a, he got a boat. Where's the boat going? I don't know, somewhere. What's this? Why is everything upside down? Why is it winter when it should be summer? What's going on here? Um, so I always like to kind of start with, you know, the, the beginning of your story, usually not that far back, but the story about how you, you got started. So as I read in your bio, you've done some impressive things. And we always, oftentimes when people hear that, they're like, well, he must have had advantages. He must have had money from his family, whatever. <laughs> I could never do that because I'm just some guy working at McDonald's and starting with nothing. So, um, Steve, how did you get started? What was the, the first steps of your journey? Well, uh, as it had it, I, I actually got into business by accident. I <laughs> was a professional track champion. I was um, national 200-meter champion. I was training for the Olympics and crushed three discs in my back. And uh -huh. you, you don't run real fast with crushed discs in your back. So oh. three rehab, I fell in love with the, the, the burgeoning health and fitness industry. It was, you know, the, the, the floppy top socks and lycra and, and that was just the guys. Um, <laughs> and, and I thought, you know what, <clears throat> I like this. I could probably do this, but I'm, I'm going to do it different. I'm going to do it better. I was, I was a pretty brash young guy back then. So with not a lot of experience, um, and put my house, my mum and dad's house on the, on, uh, up for mortgage, we risked everything. 
to set up a health club. And, wow. you know, I guess like many people, you know, build it, they will come. Well, not enough. So yeah. the first thing that I did was I invested in a sales and marketing set of tapes, you know, the old cassette tapes. Oh, yes, and, yes. Uh, and that was, that was it. That changed everything. I fell in love with marketing. I looked at doing things differently. I looked how I could do things differently. And that's how I was saying, well, hey, listen, I'm not going to be the same as everybody else. I'm not going to just compete for the body beautiful. Uh, that's, the, that's the 3% of the market that 80% of the fitness industry was going after. Mm-hmm. There was the 80, other 80% that I could go and, and chase. So I set up programs for kids and seniors and deconditioned and weight loss and rehab and all of those things. And that was the big thing that uh, that really made a difference is being able to do uh, standout programs, which is what I've lived by with everything that I've done ever since. And what I help people when they get started is like, what is it that you could do that's slightly different to everybody else? And, and that's where all of my businesses have come from. Oh, very nice. Uh, and, and so it's kind of finding that, that 80%, the audience that you're chasing after the note that other people are not chasing after. Yeah. And that's the thing is um, I do talk about following your purpose and this is not the woo woo sit under a tree and contemplate mm-hmm. the meaning of life and what the hell am I put on this planet for? <clears throat> and I talk about purpose being the real intersection between your skills. What, what are you good at? Your passion. What do you actually like doing? Because mm-hmm. if you do that, you're going to get better at it. And the last thing is the double value. What value can you add to the community and other people's lives? But most importantly, what can you do that they see value in that they'll pay you well for? So when I was looking at that as like, I, I loved I was a coach. I was a track coach while I was running. So I loved helping people. I loved coaching people. And I was good at motivating people to get to the next level. Um, I had a passion for the health and fitness industry because I love still staying fit, even though um, I'd had a few injuries. And what I saw value in was not being the same. So, you know, within one of the the programs, I had a passion for helping kids, the anti-obesity, et cetera. So I set up a kids club and we we did it different. We we set a, a sense of belonging. We had lots of different things that other people didn't have when setting up a kids club, <clears throat> excuse me, and we um, we did exceptionally well. And then before you knew it, I had another one and I had another one. I had an after-school kids club and then throughout the Hunter Valley, I had a reasonable name and I leveraged that. And then we got on the local TV show, having a kids segment on their kids' TV show. And before I knew it, we had 37 locations within just the Hunter Valley of um, New South Wales, Australia. And then I thought, you know what? This really could be an international network. And within a couple of years, we had it in five countries. So it was, wow. yeah, just really taking that small niche. But here's the kicker, Michael. I wasn't probably the best kids aerobic instructor or the kids mm-hmm. activity instructor. But what I did become the best at was helping health clubs make money from them, package a program, and then sell that. So look at the niche that you can actually be the leader and the authority in and then become a leader in that. So instead of competing on just the thing that everybody does, take mm-hmm. it one step differently. And that is uh, is one of the biggest lessons that I learned specifically just from back then. So, so you kind of shifted from being a 
a health trainer to being a health trainer trainer. Absolutely. And I did that again with weight loss because the weight loss industry followed the health and fitness industry. And, you know, the weight loss industry came to town and they were selling their weight loss programs for thousands of dollars. And we were struggling to sell gym membership for, yeah, a couple of hundred bucks. It's like, well, what, what can we do? And while other people were trying to get the government to stamp out the, the weight loss ripoffs, I was looking, it's like, well, what are they doing that I'm not doing? Mm-hmm. Why, why can they charge that that I can't? And so I looked at it, it's like, well, they're selling hopes, dreams, and aspirations. I'm selling hard work and sweat. Go figure. Who's the dumb one? <laughs> and, and so I thought, well, yeah, I come up with the term as, yeah, sell the aspiration, not the perspiration. Sell mm. what the people want, not what you need to get paid to do. And that's what people, people are selling their perspiration. I need to make this money back to make it worthwhile for everything that I put into it. People don't mm. give a damn about how long it takes or what it takes you to do something. So I thought, well, <clears throat> I've got a dietitian. I've got the best exercises. I hired a weight loss manager to come and work for me. So we reworded everything. So instead of you know having a gym membership, we had shed and shape budget weight loss. You know, shed those kilos or pounds and shape up budget mm-hmm. weight loss because we were cheaper than you know the weight loss programs. And the the aerobic or the the trimming and toning routines that the women, well, mainly women, that absolutely loved were the exact same low-impact aerobic classes that they would never have done. It's exactly the same things. And the funny thing was all the people that couldn't find the money, they said, it's too expensive, I can't come, I can't find the money to come to have a gym membership, paid twice as much Mm -hmm. to come and do the weight loss program. And we sold out. And we sold wow. out. Yeah, yeah. And all the other clubs were saying, Steve, what are you doing? I said, I have a weight loss program. I, I sell weight loss now. Oh. So I packaged that up and sold it. So I wasn't the best nutritionist. I wasn't the best mm-hmm. physiologist. I wasn't the best you know, weight loss consultant. But I became, and I, I got to speak around the world on how you can monetize weight loss within your health club. So within a short period of time, <clears throat> I became an international authority on a couple of things mm. because I'd niche down, set up the programs within that, and I was the authority on my program. And that's a real big kicker that I'd love to discuss with you and for your people on how they can actually get started. So we can explore that whenever you're ready, Captain. Yeah, that's, that's great. And actually, as I'm hearing that, uh, I had a conversation with, with David Bear, who I believe you know from, from Master Jewish mm. Alliance Live, um, and he's been on been on the show either before this episode or after it i think i've already interviewed him i can't remember who i interviewed when uh but he's he was talking about this exact thing and and i was i was offering talks on vision values and gratitude and he's like cool that's a how that's not a what nobody is looking to buy vision values and gratitude they may use it to get somewhere but where are they going and and one idea i settled on was you know avoid (laughs) shiny object syndrome which people want to avoid and Mm -hmm. i'm thinking about either that or even just something about getting you know, getting started in entrepreneurship, which is kind of what I'm doing with this whole podcast series. And and this is this is a place where I am in my business. It's, it's figuring out like what what is the solution I'm offering. Because I know I know the products I have. I got a pile of tools. I can build whatever, but nobody buys a I can do whatever you need. They buy I can help you start a business. I can help you become financially independent. I can help you get out of the the um, 
you know, the minimum wage rat, rat race or whatever. And so, so this is definitely, this conversation definitely resonates with me because my business is there. And I think a lot of other people, they yeah. know, I'm talk, I've got a client, they, they've got skills in graphic design and video editing, audio editing, travel planning, all these skills, but they have no sense of how to package it into something somebody wants to pay for. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and thus is willing to take too little money and, and yeah, maybe not abs- even use those skills. Absolutely right. Now I've got a couple of quick, one quick story, one a little bit longer, and it's yeah, the, the it. seven-figure story that the people can look at because they're probably looking at how do I get into the market now because it's saturated. So that's the second story. The first story mm-hmm. is back in the days where I was the video guy. I was uh, one of the first ever to start doing video marketing um, workshops, and I, I did this presentation, and it was one of these presentations, speak to sell, and people went to the back of the room and bought my video marketing course, which I was going to run. And a guy came up to me and said, Steve, I'd love to do your program, but I'm a videographer. I don't think you want me. I said, I will kick your butt if you don't turn up. And by the time we had the conversation from the front of the room to the back of the room, he became a video marketing, uh, video profit strategist. Mm-hmm. So he didn't just do the videos, he did the videos and work with the businesses that he was working with to create profits from doing the videos. Now, who would you rather work with or potentially pay more money for, a video profit strategist or a videographer? Mm. So he packaged the outcomes. That That's the biggest thing that I could help you, which we've had a couple mm-hmm. of discussions, and help other people. What are the three biggest outcomes you do or you want to provide people? And that is molded in to your positioning title and your packaging or program offer. And we learned this 20 years ago when smokers were being kicked out of buildings. You, 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 mm-hmm. you couldn't smoke in, indoors anymore, which a lot of didn't, people didn't think this through, which is typical of most governments that, hey, we're going to get them outside. Great. We're going to be walking ankle deep in freaking cigarette butts. Didn't think that through. So I just looked out and I said, there's cigarette butts everywhere. I've got to do something about this. And I said to my mate, (coughs) excuse me, is um, I think I've invented the first ever personal ashtray. And and he was sort of in the industry. He was consulting to to people in the industry. He said, Steve, they've been around for years. I thought, oh, bugger. And then I woke up. I thought, okay, how can I be different? About two o'clock one morning and um, for the listeners, I'm holding up a little small fire retardant plastic device that looks like a tic-tac thing. Mm-hmm. It's got a bum on it, a bottom, a butt. Okay. It was, I invented the butts out, which was a portable personal ashtray that had a bum on it. <laughs> and and it, 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 it took off. But the thing that we did is we were driving to our first presentation and we were looking to sell a couple of hundred personal ashtrays, you know, the, the, the things that you do. It's the, the packaging. And mm. we said, why don't we create programs to help people reduce cigarette butt litter? So on the drive, you know, Vince, my business partner, was typing away creating some programs on how to reduce cigarette butt litter because that's what they wanted. They didn't want to buy personal ashtrays. They wanted to get rid of a problem. Mm-hmm. So we actually sold 10 times the amount that we thought we were going to sell by selling the program. Mm. So very quickly, we became leaders in a market that already had 12 personal ashtrays in the market. It was saturated. Everybody had these things, even free giveaway film canisters back then when they were still around. Yeah. And 
we became global leaders in how to reduce cigarette butt litter. Again, I wasn't the the most well-known environmentalist. I wasn't the most well-known in that particular area. But because we created our own program in that one niche, you know, we won awards in London, Europe. We had uh, representatives across America. That's what we sold, 4 million into 26 countries. And of that, out of the 4 million, around about only 200,000 were sold direct to the actual smokers. Mm-hmm. The rest were sold within the programs. Mm. So what I'm, why I take a little bit of time with that, don't sell what you do. Don't try yep. and say, yep. how, how can I pack, how can I sell what I do? How can I get paid for what I do? It's no, how can I communicate to people how their life or business will be different after working with me? Mm-hmm. And that's the, that's the big lesson from that story. And, and I think a big part of that's not, not hold yourself back. I think a lot of, you know, you get that imposter syndrome, you get the, um, you get people saying, well, you know, can I, can I really solve butt litter? You know, can I really help you 10 X your business? Like, I don't know if I can do that, but you get a, a limiting belief out of someone's way. Like I can't take over your business and 10 X it because I don't know how to do what you do. But if you had a limiting belief and I can help you coach you through that. So you get rid of that limiting belief. You can 10 X your business. Um, I actually had someone recently tell me, like, if it's a coach, you are personally responsible for, for the client's success. It's going to be exhausting. It's going to wear you out. But if I you are simply providing people. tools yeah. for their success. <clears throat> Absolutely. Yeah. 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 And the thing that a lot of people, and this is a good differentiation here when people do get started and they do suffer from imposter syndrome. And I do lots of groups and a lot of people say, but I, I, I can't be the authority in that. The big difference is because the people get dis, um really confused between the difference between authority and expert. Mm. Now, a lot of people say that you've got to be do your 10,000 hours to be an expert. You've got to do certain things. You've got to have education to be an expert. Sure. Mm-hmm. Um, an expert knows something. An authority is known for something. Ooh, okay. So we were, <clears throat> I think we just within days had picked up our first set of portable personal ashtrays. We were driving to our first presentation for a a, a municipal council and we created a program. Very shortly, we became known as the guys. We were known as the people that helped them. We're giving you the tools and the resources to achieve something that you wanted to achieve, not Mm -hmm. we're selling a product, not we're selling the service. And there's a saying, and I don't know where I got it from, and I know it wasn't mine. People who get paid the least get paid for what they do, as in they get paid for doing it. People who get paid the most get paid for who they are. Mm. So I always tell my people, are you a hooer or a doer? Is there something that you're known for or do you just do it? Now, if you just do it, apart from Nike, then (laughs) you are virtually seen the same as everybody else and you are a commodity. Interesting. So you kind of turn yourself into the into the personality, and then be known as that. Yeah, I was just cleaning my desk um, and 
here it's the end of the financial year in Australia, the 30th of June, 1st of July. You know, our yep. finances all kick over. So I do my spring clean twice a year. And <clears throat> Forbes basically said two years ago in their magazine that being uh, seen as an authority is one of the highest forms of marketing that you could mm-hmm. do in today's world. Now, that doesn't be fake. All it means is if you're already doing something or if you've got something that you can help people with, what is it that you're known for? Yep. But yep. most importantly, how do you communicate it in a clear, compelling way that people understand, right, if I work with that person, I get this result, that's the person I want to work with. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. It's, it's the same way I became the guy who knows a guy. It's not because I know everyone in the world. Uh, and in fact, when I put out the book, The Guy Who Knows a Guy, I knew many people in Southeast Connecticut in a county of 250,000 people. So I was a medium-sized fish in a fairly small pond, and I knew many of the bigger fish, but not all of them. But I sort of started approaching that, like, I'm going to be the guy who knows a guy. And if you need someone, I'll find them. And most people are, are you know, I knew how networking worked. Uh, and then I went into the COVID world and started connecting all over the world and going to these events, but I still don't know, you know, everyone everywhere, but I approach it as I will grow into that identity because people say, oh, the guy knows a guy. Do you know such and such? I mean, I had someone in, in Milwaukee the other day said, oh, I wish you were out here because I need a roofer. And I'm like, no problem. Where are you? Milwaukee? Hmm. All right, let me go. Let me see who I know. Find you someone. And sure enough, within about 24 hours, had a phone number and um, something hmm. sent over. But, but it was, you know, it was just embracing that role and saying, I'm going to be this treat me as this and I'll deliver as it. Um, and then there was never really an imposter syndrome on that. Cause I knew, you know, I know how networking works. If you ask your network, if you, if you network with good people and you ask them, they'll be happy to connect you with other people. I know, especially when it's a win-win, you know, win-win kind of connection. So yeah, I love that idea of kind of figure out who you are, what you want to be the authority of and, and kind of go around and be like, I'm the authority. Let's go. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. It's um, yeah. Who you are, what you, what you are, what you are, what you are already doing well for people. One of the things that um, I work with people on, and particularly when they're getting started, and we go through a whole process of you know uncovering their uniquenesses, and I've got a checklist of 27 different ways that you could be seen unique, and we've got to find something there. Mm-hmm. But it is, what are the three best outcomes you've delivered your three best clients recently? Mm. And the other thing is go back and look at a range of testimonials. Now, the reason they're important, because that's what the people believe that they're paying for. That's what the people Mm -hmm. believe that they're paying the money enough and they feel passionately enough about to either write it or say it. Okay. And you you look at it from their world and in their words, because Mm -hmm. that's the difference that you've made. Now, Marketing 101, as they all say, enter the conversation that's already going going on in the prospect's mind. Mm-hmm. But most importantly, you speak that language. So if you're speaking geek speak, <clears throat> tech speak, you're not speaking the same language as the person that has the problem. Yep. So you've got to go back and, and, and listen and look and learn the language of the people through the testimonials. It's like, that's the thing that's going on in their mind. That's the thing that they valued the most out of what it was that we did together. Mm-hmm. Pretty sure there's a few more of them out there. So 
they're the things that you need to look at and say, well, okay, what do they actually value compared to what I deliver? And I've got a great example. I've, I've worked with a lot of tech companies, finance people, et cetera. And they're what I call, I think we've had this discussion before, the brown box syndrome. Oh, yes, yes. Yeah. The brown box syndrome is when you sit on the shelf the same as everybody else. You might call yourself a coach, a consultant, a, somebody mm-hmm. with IT in your title and things like that. And there might be gold inside the box, but because you've wrapped it up in a brown box and you're sitting on the mm-hmm. shelf with all the other brown boxes, they're looking at it and they're probably looking at it as what's the lowest common denominator is brown box, brown box, brown box. So I'm going to get the cheap one because that's all you talk to me about. Yep. Whereas when you position yourself as a leader or a unique authority, then you really jump up. And one of my great friends um, called himself a web and an app developer. There's not mm-hmm. many of those around. I get <laughs> two emails a day. Let me fix your website. You know, let me build an app for you. And he was competing with the offshore prices. So he was mm-hmm. busting his butt just delivering cheap website after cheap website after cheap app and, and it wasn't going anywhere. But when we looked at what he did and what his clients valued that he sat down with us, he understood what our business needed and then built it. It's like, you know what? And we just retitled him as a digital business strategist mm-hmm. and we repackaged his programs for different levels of program, a, um, a startup web program, a growth web program, a this program. So the people could see the outcomes that they wanted to buy from a digital business strategist. Mm-hmm. So, Michael, who do you think you would pay more for if you went <laughs> to a cheap web and app developer yep. or a digital business strategist? It just knocked out the low-level people. It's like, well, he's probably a bit more expensive. Okay, we put his prices up. He added over six figures to his business in six months. No extra advertising. Mm -hmm. All it was was positioning and packaging. Yeah, well, and that that makes sense because it's also, you know, I talk to business owners like, yeah, I've had three different web guys. None of their websites work or they're websites, but they don't do anything. They're converting because you hire someone who can make a website, they can make a website. But, you know, I can make a website, um, but I can I make a converting website? Yeah, probably not. That's why I'd hire someone to do that. Um, but you know, you're totally right when you, when you when you're selling that commodity of as uh, a website. Okay, I guess I'll try another one. And then people think, well, I want to get a cheap one because I know I'm going to have to do it four times because the first three are going to suck. So yeah. I, yeah. I'm going to have to iterate this until I trip over one that works. The strategist sounds like someone who's going to give you the answer and the solution, not just another swing at the ball and hope that happens to go you know happens to to go out. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. So, so you talked about, you know, going back to your testimonials and, and that, what about someone who's very early in their business who maybe doesn't have a lot of clients and testimonials behind them? Um, he, here's what I did with one lady. Um, she was, she was only young. She was mm, probably just 20. Um, and and she was um, a Muslim. She came to the Master Mind Masterclass uh, week after week, and she mm-hmm. had um, a headpiece on. And she was coaching other women of her nationality or belief how to integrate into society. <clears throat> and she was only a young life coach. Okay, gee, uh, there's not that many life coaches around either. 
So mm-hmm. she didn't really stand out and, and she was giving away testimonials, uh, giving away her program just to get testimonials. Mm-hmm. It's because she wasn't seen the same as other people and the program that I was running her through, which is, hasn't changed except it's evolved, it's like create your positioning, create your program, build your client conversion blueprint, which is you know, the pictorial of how you talk to people and work with people so they can actually see that you have a system and then learn to sell. So this day was all about creating her blueprint and how to sell the system, not yourself. So the, the morning was building it. She said, oh, my goodness, Steve, I can actually show, walk people through what I do and the benefits and the outcome. And I said, yeah, that's the whole purpose of it. And then in the afternoon, she was in tears. She was like, Steve, I don't have to talk about me anymore. I don't have to just say, hey, I'm a good life coach, buy me. It's like, if you've got some things, some issues Let's work through this process. I have a system to deliver the outcomes and the results that you want. Mm-hmm. Now, this was in a city that it was called Brisbane, or as you guys probably call Brisbane. Um, <laughs> and I was doing the day there flying back to Sydney, which is about an hour and a half on the, on the plane. By the mm-hmm. time I'd finished and got back, I had a message on my phone from her, Steve, I can't believe it. I just sold my first two full-priced programs by using what I learned today. So if they're just starting out and if they've got an idea or a knowledge of what it is that they do, the best Mm -hmm. thing is to go through the first set. Create your own unique positioning. You don't have to say you're the best in the world, but if you create a program, you're the creator of the program. Now, if you create a blueprint or a roadmap or a system or a something, you're the creator of something and you call yourself the creator of, and one of mine is the blueprint conversion system, if all I say I am, I'm the creator of the blueprint conversion system. That's That's impressive. No one else has created I'm already an authority on that without having to say anything else. So, oh, you're the creator of that Mm. system. Tell me more about what it is. Well, we work with people to do this, this, and this. So that in itself is one of the easier ways to create your authority positioning by creating packages and programs, create a blueprint conversion system. And the great thing about that for people who hate selling themselves, and as professionals, we hate selling ourselves because it's personal. Yeah, uh, It's basically no, then it's a no to you. Mm-hmm. Whereas you turn it the other way and say, well, listen, collaborate I'm not going to go into it in detail. There's three levels of influence in the sales process. There's the imposed influence, which is what most people do. Hey, here's what I do. Here's why I'm good. Here's why you should buy me. That's that's a 90% of what sales trainers teach you how to do. Then there's the collaborative influence, which is much more powerful. You join together. You can work together on the, the blueprint. Oh, here's one. How do you get people on the same page as you? How do you get people on the same page as you? Have a page to get on. Ah, yeah, that makes sense. So if you're sitting looking at the same document, whether it's on the screen, because my people are all over the world, or sitting side by side, when you're collaborating on your system and you're writing down the different things, when you're collaborating, and the, 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 the key thing is when they're involved, they invest. So when you co-create the solution and they see the numbers, the values or the emotive value 
adding up in front of them and say, well, by the looks of it, Michael, if we put this system into your business, we're going to save X number of hours, increase X dollars per month here, increase dollars per month here, take the stress out of selling, have more clients come to you, better value clients. That's going to be a total of X dollars, X hours, X less stress. Does it make sense we get started sooner rather than later? And when they've co-created, it's yep. pretty hard for them to say, no. Yes. Yeah, so, right, yeah. And it takes the stress off selling you, you're selling the system. And mm-hmm. that just turns the life around of professionals who hate selling themselves, which is, I think, around about 80% of the people out there. Yeah, no, that's, that's great. And, and actually, the, the first system that I started using that actually got me into coaching, convinced me like this could be a business, was along those lines. It was about asking them, you know, where are you now? Where do you want to be? Uh, and then go more in detail on the now and like what's what's holding you back? What do you need to do to get started? Um, and and at the end of it, you're going through a, a traffic light process, you know, red, red, yellow, green, about in these different areas. Where are you? Green. Now, are you good here? Are you bad here? Whatever. And do it in front of them and have them actually go through. They're staring at the, the colors. And then at the end, you ask them, uh, so, so where do you need my help? Like it's right there, it's in color on the screen in front of them because it's sold over Zoom. Um, so you know, the, how there's no way they could say, "No, nah, I'm good." Like they just told you, red, 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 and and it's it's not me saying I can help you. It's you saying I need help here, and then helping them, you know, helping them find the solution. So that's that's exactly uh, exactly what you're saying. Yeah, when you when you've got it in front, which which is a great example, and and you're leading them down that path. The, the thing that we do with ours is actually uh, quantify you know, the financial and the emotive. If we yep. were to do this from what you have said, it's hard for them to go back on that, from what you have said, uh-huh, this uh-huh. would be an extra $20,000 per month in your bank account. You're going to be saving you know, four and a half hours per week on sales because it's shorter and quicker. And you're going to mm-hmm. take the stress out of selling because you're both going to enjoy it. Um, that's an extra 60000 over the next three months. Michael, I'm just going to ask you a real simple question. Does it make sense we actually get started on this sooner rather than later, or can you do without that 60000 Uh-huh. Yep. And then for them to say, no, it doesn't make sense, doesn't make sense. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, and then the great thing is that it's totally honest because it's all their information. You're not hiding anything. Um, yeah. It's all right there, and it's it's... And, and, you know, you, you can even if someone's like, oh, I see what you're doing. You're like, yeah, that's fine. Anyway, moving on, you know, like back when I sold cars and sold the church, they saw what I was doing. I was done because I was trying to kind of like manipulate them. This is not manipulating. This is they know they have a problem. That's why they're talking to you in the first place. Yeah. Yeah. It's it's the collaborative and the last influence, which is where it comes out of the, the back pocket guide to self-selling secrets that I um, love to make available to all of your people. Absolutely. Is yeah. Self-influence. So what normally happens and what's been happening nearly 60% of the time with the people that I'm working with, the values are adding up in front of them. You don't have to say, well, now we're up to here and now we're up to here and now we're up to here. They're seeing if we do this, we're going to save time here. We're going to make some money here. We're going to do this, be more efficient, take the stress away. They'll get around it and say, look, Steve, this looks absolutely brilliant. How do we get started? How do you work with people? Um, this, how do I get that? And that's them self-selling. That's like, mm-hmm. I've already bought this in my mind. Now we just have to 
now what I've got in the last blueprint of self-selling secrets is confirm. Confirm mm -hmm. the transformations. Confirm the values that you're going to add, emotive or financial, and confirm yeah. the next steps. It's like, great, here's the next steps and here's how we get started. It just takes the convince out of it all. Yes, absolutely. Yeah, that, and that's, that's you know, I think so many people get scared of sales and and I see this often with, with entrepreneurs who don't have sales background is, you know, they know there's something to offer, but then they, they kind of shy away from using any kind of process. And it's like, oh, well, I'll just kind of, you know, chat with them and see if maybe they decide to throw themselves at me and hurl money in my way. Um, and, you know, you need some, especially if you're not comfortable selling yourself, you I need a roadmap to keep yourself walking forward. Like the customer may be ready to buy, but they're never going to be more excited than you are to sell them. People will pay more for a system than they will per hour. Yes. I, I will buy this system to make whatever difference in the business life or whatever yep. it's going to be. They'll, they'll look at the system. Now, the other thing about selling the system and the programs and the outcomes, it takes the per hour out of it all. Yes. And a lot of professionals you know, either sell per appointment, per hour, per something. Yep. Now, when, and I, I see people on websites that have got their list of stuff that they do and a dollar figure at the end, that is a big red arrow at the price saying, please compare me. Mm -hmm. It's like, here's all the nuts and bolts. Take this box of nuts and bolts and shop it around. Yes. And <laughs> we had one great guy and talking about brown boxes, he mm -hmm. actually did sell brown boxes of glass. He sold <laughs> pool fencing and glass balustrades that came in a big brown box. And mm -hmm. he was competing against the big boxes. Over here, we've got the Bunnings, you've got the, the big hardware, uh, yep. supermarkets, etc. cetera. Um, and he was competing against them. But he was trying to sell brown box versus brown box. But mm -hmm. when we looked at what he did, he had some video support where people and a whole range of videos, no matter what they were doing, they had videos so that they could look at the mm -hmm. video and learn how to do what they were doing. And so we took the focus off selling the boxes of stuff to selling the other. The other thing was we looked at his positioning and everybody in that industry was do it yourself, do it yourself, do it yourself, pool fencing, do it yourself, glass mm -hmm. balustrades. That, that's the low level. If you're going to do it yourself, you'll, you know, you, you want to save money. Yep. So we called them self-installation experts. Same thing, mm -hmm. but a different title and an elevation. They were um, in that area of Australia, Southeast Australia's leading self-installation experts on. Now, the other thing that we, we talk about is to increase the buying energy before the sale. Mm. So... When people are shopping around, they'll shop on two or three or four different places. It was four years ago, it was only five. People would go and shop around on five. Now it's 10. Cool. I got that um, that result just the other day. It's like, man, you want to stand out in the first click because otherwise yep. they're gone. So the video on their website was basically a quick me to you video. Hey, Jason here from Exact Glass. Let me tell you a quick story that somebody was having trouble with their glass. They called us. We opened up. We did this. He went to our website and had a look at all the different videos that we could supply. So it was the 
not selling the boxes, not, hey, look at this big box of glasses that we have here, like every other one. It's like, you know what? We're selling service, support, and confidence. Mm. Went totally away from it. Somebody came in with a quote. Another video went straight back. Hey, Jason here. Great to see you. Um, Phil is going to get back to you in the next 24 hours, talk to you about your quote, ask this. Oh, while you're here, have a look at the extra support and service one you work with us. We're going to be walking you through. When you open your box, there's going to be a sheet with a QR code. Pull out your phone, go out to the pool, scan the video, and you can build your fence. And we're here for you. We have a 24-hour hotline, just in case you're building your stupid fence in the dark. Now, um, <laughs> and so by the time they got to there, it was like, oh, my goodness, goodness. Half the other people had already dropped off. They could not compete with that. Yep. And then instead of selling two sending back two sheets of nuts and bolts to say, please compare me, it was a beautiful document. Of and with another video inside, here is your. I'm Phil, I did your quote for you. Have a look at this, by the way. Have a look at some other great transformations that we did. And there was before and after shots. And it's like, yeah, have a look at some video testimonies of people that used all of our stuff. Mm -hmm. And on the 10th and the 11th page, oh, by the way, here's the stuff you're going to buy. Yeah, they yeah. sold. I, I, I was with them for a two month makeover and I got sacked four weeks and two days into our deal because they said, Steve, we have just sold four weeks worth of stock in nine days. We are too busy trying to keep up with it. We'll get back to you later. <laughs> and that was it, totally transformed. <clears throat> they didn't drop their prices. They didn't do anything. They repositioned, yep. they repackaged what they were selling, not boxes of glass, but support, service and confidence and smash their building. So if your people that are in super competitive markets out there, think of what is it that I do that's extra that yeah. is the highlight of what I do, not just the what I do. Absolutely. Yeah, I, I totally thought that whenever I see I see car car uh, companies do it or car dealerships, and especially realtors, it always drives me nuts when I see realtors do it. They compete on price. Mm. And with, with a car dealership, uh, I don't know if it's the same over there, but you, they swap cars. So if you're going to two different Honda dealerships, they are competing to sell you the literal same car, not the same similar car. Sometimes it's the same car, same VIN number. They're both swapping it from someplace else. Uh, and so you can't differentiate on price. You have the same price floor and you're going to compete down to zero. And I've always thought if I was to run a car dealership, I wouldn't compete on price because and, and new cars are $300 a margin in them anyway. So there's no no price room to move. I would compete on speed, service, quality, ambiance. You know, you won't even realize you're buying a car. It'll be such a pleasant experience. We'll have you in and out in 60 minute guarantee, or we'll give you a flat screen TV or, you know, whatever you compete on, on the experience and not on, cause it's the same car and it's the same price and, and realtors, whenever they say, I'll get you the top dollar for your house. Yeah. So will everyone else. Yeah. What yeah. Do you, do really you haven't heard that before? <clears throat> Yeah, yeah. So, so I don't believe you, yeah. and even if I did believe you, everyone can do that. It's a market; you can't beat the market. So, you know, are you faster getting back to me? Do you have more knowledge? Do you have more connections? Do you have, um, do you have a bigger network? You can sell a house faster because you know more other realtors to hook me up with buyers. Like, like, tell me, you know, don't, don't just go on price because then you're right. The brown box thing all the time. I got a um a great client, and he owns a commercial real estate 
um, company, mm-hmm. and he's competing against the big multinationals, the big the big four, and he's not one of the big four. So we worked out how do we create an unfair advantage, and mm. that's what it's all about. Again, how do we increase the buying energy before they get to talk to you? How do you create a relationship with somebody before they get to talk to you? Video is the best way. So we yep. created a sequence for him. Then when a big uh, project, and we're talking anything from fifty to two, three hundred million dollars worth of real estate here in in one project and sale. It's like, okay, he's been asked to tender. It's like, oh, my goodness. So the first thing is that we look at and we just create, we've got the reposition, we've got all of those different things. They send off a video to the people who are making the buying decisions before the paperwork goes in. And they have not lost, um, in the five months since we've implemented that, they have not lost one tender in Mm. five months. And we're talking significant several hundred million dollars worth of property. The competition is getting the property, selling it's the easy part. So the competition is being able to, how do I get this property so I can sell it? And they're always getting the best prices anyway, which is Mm -hmm. what the others are saying. But they're delivering the experience all the way through. And how do I deliver an experience that you could taste before you even sign me up? Yes. And that's the biggest thing is how do you deliver that experience? And no matter what, where I get to talk to people, whether it's via social media, connecting with me, uh, Facebook, LinkedIn, referrals, somebody will have seen one, if not two videos, had a sample, a 20-minute read of something that I've written that's got a video in that positions me. They'll have a taste of me. And the great thing is they can look at that and read that and think this guy's an idiot and they don't have to talk to me. And the great thing is I don't have to talk to them. So they can say, you know, I don't get to try and – I never try and convince people. They've done that themselves before they get on a call and the people Mm -hmm. that think I'm an idiot don't get on a call. They think, well, Steve, who are you? What do you do? And, and, you know, with their arms folded and their legs crossed and say, okay, convince me versus the ones who come is like – They've watched a couple of videos. Thought, you know, yeah, I, I can hang with this guy. He, he, he's got a bit of stuff that I think could help. Mm-hmm. They read a bit more stuff, and they're actually increasing the buying energy before they get on the call, versus starting from scratch, or even worse, which I've got in the book, calling it a discovery call or a strategy call, which is what every man and his dog is disguising a sales call as. They uh-huh. know that a discovery call is they're going to sell to me. Yep. They're going to try and sell to me. A strategy call. They're going to try and sell to me. So they sit on their hands. They sit on their wallet at the beginning of the call. The buying energy is low. The sales resistance is high. You're starting you know, from be- behind home plate yep. and you don't have a hope. You've got to resurrect them before you even start getting that conversation going. Whereas I'm excited. I'm excited to talk to, to Michael. I've seen his video. He sent me some stuff. Mm. I can't wait. And okay. that's what you really want. You need to make some more videos. Yes. I, I am pretty good on video. So, yeah, no, I, I, yeah, I love that concept. And, um, and yeah, kind of getting that energy. Because, yeah, if, if you have the right momentum and energy in the process, then they know you're going to try to sell them and they're looking forward to it. Uh, and 
Yeah. And a great example that I saw recently was when I watched one of the uh, uh, Embark, you know, who ran Strategic Alliance Live, where we met. Um, yeah. When they do their master classes, early on, Tom says, at the end, we're going to try to sell you something. And, and, uh, and, you know, if you want to see the best way to sell a high ticket offer, watch to the end of this video. If you got a high ticket offer you need to sell, even if you don't buy ours, just watch how we sell it to you and you'll learn so much. And so you're watching like, I can't wait for them to try to sell me something because he's, he's he built it up as like the, 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 the high point. Because usually in a webinar, you're like, oh, God, and at the end, they're going to try to sell me something. He's like, and the grand finale is going to be trying to sell you just to wait for it. You're going to be so excited to get sold to because he built, as you say, that, that energy. He, he makes it something you're excited about. The, the funny thing is, and, and you've probably experienced it just as many times as I have, the people that are reaching out to you, connecting with you on LinkedIn, and you know that the next thing is they're going to sell you something, which yep. I absolutely love because their sales process sucks and I know I can help them. I've, yes. got, a, I've got a conversion rate of nearly 10% of those who try to sell me something. they got mm -hmm. one guy that was trying to sell me financial services and I thought, yeah, okay. So... <clears throat> He connected with his typical, and I thought, oh, we're going to have some fun with this guy. So I sent him back, great to connect. Here's a quick video to get to know me a little bit more. I'd love to know more about you. Oh, by the way, here's a gift, three chapters of my book. <laughs> and 20 minutes later, I get that email, the, the message back, Steve, love your video. Can we chat? And I type back, have you read the book yet? He said, no. So go and read it. <laughs> So, yeah, a day later, it was only 40 minutes, but a day later, I said, yeah. Steve, I've read it. Can we chat? I said, yeah, sure. Um, here's a link. And then what happens between the link and the call, they will always, if it's going to be a high ticket, they'll get a, a personalized video, which is, hey, Michael, mm -hmm. uh, can't wait for our call. Um, I've had a quick look at your website. I've had a quick look at your LinkedIn profile. Man, I've got some great ideas for you. I can't wait to, to share them with you. Mm -hmm. And so... Is that going to get them excited or what? That process, I've missed one person. One person hasn't turned up in seven years. So uh, a lot of people yeah. say, I, I book all these appointments and so they don't show. And I said, well, that's what you're doing wrong. And he yeah. gets on and we're going through a whole heap of things. He was the, the manager of the company, not the owner. And he said, this is fantastic. This is great. How do I get this? And I said, well, here's the program. This is what we're going to do. He said, my issue is the owner of the company doesn't like marketers. I said, neither do I. I hate them because they don't do what we just did. And he said, oh, okay. Um, I said, look, you connected with me with the purpose to sell, didn't you? And he said, yes. I said, 20 minutes later, you're reaching out, wanting to have a call. You've read my book. That whole process has taken me a few minutes to get on this mm -hmm. call. We're into the call, 25 minutes in, you're about to pay me $10,000. Do you want to learn how to do that better? Yes. <laughs> yep. And it was like, here's my credit card. And it was like, yep. and, and that's, that's the thing. It's like, yeah, people just go to the sell, sell, sell. But it's creating that relationship before you get to talk to them. Absolutely. I, yeah. Yeah, you, you're selling a good sales process is one of, the, one of the most fun things to sell because you demonstrate it as you sell it. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's, and, it's, 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 and you know that once they get it right, it's going to make a massive impact to their business. Yes. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, that, that, that's huge. That's, that's a huge 
a huge thing. Um, so we, we've been on we've been on for a bit. I like to keep this under sixty minutes because apparently when people see more than sixty minutes in the uh, <laughs> in, in the podcasting, like ah, too long, can't watch it, skip it. Um, so, but as we come come to the end, so for someone who is just starting out, and and you've actually you've already shared some great advice in this category, but to wrap up with one thing, if you have someone who's maybe like, yeah, I think I know some things, I want to get an entrepreneurship that they're the very early beginning. Um, what, what, is, or, or for yourself, when you were first starting out, what is the one piece of advice that, that you think would be most important for them? It's actually out of a process that I call the change the game program. And it is to go through who are your ideal target markets? What is it you could do to best serve them? What is it that you're going to keep enjoying? Which I, I spoke earlier on the actual purpose itself. But as you're looking at the market, slice off a section of the market, not all of it, slice off a section of the market that you could talk to and communicate with that are already paying well. Now, it doesn't necessarily mean for your services, but for other services. Now, if you wanted to sell high-level learn-to-drive mm -hmm. and you wanted to give away a free taste, you probably wouldn't want to go to the lowest of the second-hand car dealers and say, give away my high-level learn-to-drive course with every car you sell to yeah. learners. You'd rather go to the, the Mercedes or the BMWs, the Lexuses, et cetera. So slice off a section of the market that is paying appropriately. Don't just say, yeah, I want to sell to everybody. Now, who's already paying well for other services that would value what I do and mm. reward me so that I can help them the best I can. Love it. That's great. Uh, and and so you said that you had uh, something to share. So so we're gonna so that there's going to be a link you're gonna set up, guy knows slash Brossman, yep. which will go to the thing that you're about to tell me what it is, and in post production we're gonna actually make that work. But so what is the thing that that link is gonna get them to? <laughs> They're actually gonna get the back pocket guide to self selling secrets. Now about half of what we spoke about is in this. I'll call it a book. You can call it an ebook. You can pull it a download. You can call it whatever you like. It's virtually okay. a workshop in 40 minutes. Ooh, There's nice. um, some training videos in there. It, it talks about your positioning, your packaging, and how to increase the buying energy. So it, it's a very, very powerful tool that they can have a look at and go through and say, you know what? If I implement some of this stuff, I'm going to make a difference into my business. And if all it does is change the mindset around, it will make a difference. So it's going to be the back pocket guide to self-selling secrets. And if anybody's just listening this around somewhere that they've shared and they can't get to the link, um, I'm one of these guys that do reply and help people. Just steve at stevebrossman.com. Drop me an email. Nice. And um, more than happy to answer the questions. Fantastic. Uh, yeah, the direct link is going to be guyonosaguy.com slash Brossman, unless, of course, it's 10 years from now and, you know, that's come down or whatever. But uh, what it should be is guyonosaguy.com slash Brossman. And uh, if you go to guyonosaguy.com slash resources, that's where all the resources are collectively, where you can find all the different things in one place, assuming I've gotten those up by the time I launch this episode. So, <laughs> but, <laughs> yeah, and, and I, actually, I use a tool called Pretty Links, which I believe uh, credit David Bear for introducing me to that which is how I can set that up through WordPress. So anyone out who's like, how do you set up, how do you set up forwarders through your WordPress site? It's um, something called Pretty Links is a useful resource for that. So Steve, it has been fantastic to have you on the show. You are 
full of great advice. I look forward to seeing that back pocket guide because uh, there's a lot of stuff in there I'd like to learn. Um, right. and so. It's been a lot of fun. And as always, you uh, you deliver a great fun uh, uh, interview and podcast, but uh, not only you, uh, you get the best out of us so that we can share some great stuff for your people and uh, look forward to helping more of your people as we go down the track. Fantastic. Well, thank you very much. It's been so much fun having you on here. Cheers. This has been the Guy Who Knows a Guy podcast with your host, Michael Whitehouse. This great theme song is by Patrick Howard. If you found this valuable, please subscribe, leave a review, and share this podcast. Find the full archive of all episodes at guywhoknowsaguy.com slash podcast. Check out my other podcast, Morning Motivation. It's a daily podcast of two to five minutes with a powerful hit of motivation and inspiration to get your day started. Morningmotivation.fun or search for Morning Motivation wherever you listen to podcasts. Join the community online in the Morning Motivation Facebook group at facebook.com slash groups slash Morning Motivation Podcast. JV Connect is coming up quick, December 12th and 13th. If you are looking for a networking event where you can meet people who aren't looking to just pitch you or take, but actually want to collaborate, build strategic partnerships, joint ventures, maybe even find some mentors, some coaches, people to support you, accountability partners, who knows? If you're looking for good people in an environment that's not stressful, but is set up to give you a lot of great connections in an efficient amount of time, check out JV Connect. JV-Connect.com. That's JV-Connect.com, December 12th and 13th, 2023. We'll see you there.